Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast by the World Herald. I'm your host, Jake Anderson. Joining me, as always, the fun guy, Mike Sauter. And we are sponsored today by MD West One, Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine, orthopedics, neurosurgery, and spine care. Covering greater Omaha for over 70 years, mdwestone.com. And Mike, today we're going to talk about Class 8. We've got a, a Week 8. Uh, we have a bunch of games to go through. Let's start with Class A, number one, Bellevue West, 7-0, and hosting Omaha North, 3-4. and And Stu had a note in his column this week that Bellevue West, mm-hmm. for the past few seasons, yeah. has started 7-0. and Yeah. But Week 8 has tripped him up. Yeah, Week 8 tripped him up, and last year Omaha North beat him uh, in a classic game. It was, it was great. It was 52-49 to or something like that, 53-49, one of those. Um, but it was close. I remember I was there. Uh, some stuff happened after the game. Uh, Xander Gray rushed for like 300 yards or something in that game, but it was a very close game. And North came back actually to win the game. Um, and this year, two totally different kind of teams, if you will. Um, a lot of the same players for Bellevue West and North. Just the way they're built is a little different. Um, North still likes to run the ball. Uh, plans on running the ball. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to run it with the success. They don't have that kind of stud back that they've yeah. had. It's kind of been by committee. Uh, Flewellen's kind of taken that 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 uh, lead back role the last few weeks for them. Uh, but Bellevue West offensively is still Bellevue West. Um, they're averaging 53.4 points per game. Uh, is that good? I yeah, that's, that's good. 490 total yards a game. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, now there's this is a step up for sure in their schedule uh, as far as competition. North, I know their record isn't great, but they played close games against Burke and they lost one uh, they probably shouldn't have against Prep earlier in the year. Um, but for some reason, this game is, has gotten a little chippy the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Uh, not a lot of love lost at all right now uh, between the two programs. Uh, on off the field, all that stuff. I mean, there is no, um, there is is no love lost. N- not not a lot. Um, but North has won two in a row. Uh, and can the defense hold up? That's the question. Can the defense hold up? And can they run it just enough to keep that Bellevue West offense off the field? I'm not sure they can. But this is a perfect matchup. For North, it fits what yep. they do. Their back seven eight is the strength of their team on defense. Um, really good matchup with uh, Marquis Siegel. Yep, going against whichever one of the Bellevue West wide receivers you want to throw him against. But I'm guessing he might shadow. They don't do that very often on defense, but he might shadow uh, Xavier Betts a little bit. Uh, you know, normally they just keep Avion Barnes and him kind of on their separate sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if, if, if they change it up. Barnes, sorry, safety and uh, kind of move him around a little bit. But Is we'll, that something we'll as a defense in high school, if you don't do it a whole lot, is that something that could mess with communication? Yeah, probably. I mean, it, so that's probably why I don't see them uh, doing it. it. You know, it, it'd be a tough matchup. Malik, uh, the other corner, he's had a nice year, but sometimes a matchup can, can be overmatched for him. He's a young player and, and going to be okay. Um, but – you know, you have Sam Scott, who's a really good linebacker, um, and uh, Trayon Fairgood Jones is a really good kind of linebacker, running back for mm-hmm. them, good athlete. 
Um, this is a group of kids that have kind of grown up together. Keyshawn uh, is another good linebacker that's younger, but this group of seniors for Omaha North has been like the the staple, right? Yep. And and getting them a win here would be huge. Uh, I don't know. In order for them to get it done, they're going to have to run the ball effectively. I'm not sure they can because Bellevue West, yes, offensively, they are lights out, and they have been, and everyone questions their defense all the time. This year the defense is finally right. So their defense is averaging 2.6 sacks per game and two interceptions per game. So throwing the ball hasn't been – you can't really have a lot of success there. And if they're just going to stack the box against you if you're, you know, if you're north. So um, We thought Elkhorn South might be able to go in and control the clock with yeah, their no. strong running game and big offensive line, yeah. and they couldn't get it done. Omaha North, Elkhorn South, very similar teams. Yeah, built kind of the same way, you know, like to run the ball. And the Elkhorn South offense is a little more, I don't know, um, use some more kind of gadgety stuff. Yeah. Um, North is just line up and we're going to try and pound you. Uh, now they're, they're playing out of the pistol a little more this year than they ever have, um, and that's an adjustment. So uh, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to, to – to stop that Bellevue West offense, but I could be surprised they might be able to get it done. It's a it's a matchup that I kind of want to see just the athletes on the field, specifically yeah. when North is on defense and Bellevue West is on offense. Do you think this game, with both defenses being pretty solid, do you think it'll match last year's 53-49? Uh, I'd be surprised if it's kind of – if both teams if, – if the total is over 100, <laughs> I'd be surprised. I, I don't think it, it'll get – maybe that high yeah um you know north's gonna have to try and find a way to score the ball and they're gonna have to just control the ball and control the clock um that's that's how they can win this game yeah all right our next matchup is our only class a matchup this week featuring two top 10 teams mm -hmm. number three millard south six and one hosting number nine creighton prep what are we looking for from this one well if you if you're a run the ball guy this is your game um, both teams really love to run the ball. Now, Prep throws it a little bit. They've thrown for over 1,000 yards this year. Alex Bullock's had a nice junior year catching some big passes. Not a lot of yards and catches, uh, but he's caught some huge touchdown catches and two-point conversions and things. Uh, Mason Armstead has 600 and some yards receiving. Clearly their number one receiver. Um, on the other hand, Millard South, runs the ball more than anybody <laughs> like pretty much every play they're running the ball um and that's with isaiah harris who's a phenomenal running back and tj urban one guy uh antrell taylor who for millard south he has scored a touchdown he has 20 total total touches uh two carries and 18 catches 20 total touches mm -hmm. has scored five touchdowns that's a touchdown every four times he touches the ball he probably should get it more um, if, if he's scoring at that pace, right? So, and Small he is. Sample sizes. Yeah, yeah, well, he's played seven games. Yeah. So that's, I mean, give him the ball more and yeah. he can probably score more touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. He's their punt returner, kick returner, stuff like that, too. So they're kind of waiting still to get Chase Perchel back at Millard South. Um, I think he could be ready here in the next couple of weeks, maybe this week, more likely next week, or maybe even in the playoffs. And he's such a big part of what they do. 
I think this game is probably a, a low-scoring-ish game, not a lot of points, and, and really just good defense. Um, Preps struggled to stop the run a little bit this year, and uh, in particular against Millard North. And if you're struggling to stop the run, this is maybe the wrong team to do it against. And Millard South has had you know two nice wins back-to-back, beating Elkhorn South two weeks ago, too. All right, let's jump to our next next matchup here. Thursday game, number two, Millard West, 7-0, and hosting Lincoln East, 5-2. and And you had an interesting note about Lincoln East's schedule. Yeah, so Lincoln East is 5-2, and um, and their five wins, or Lincoln East five wins, the, the five teams they've mm-hmm. beaten, have a total of five wins. So the schedule has been meh. Uh, <laughs> you can only beat the teams in front of you, I but know, also but this yeah. is their first true test. Yeah, yeah, big big test here. And Millard West, I think, you know, is is clearly you know one of the better teams in the state. Uh, we'll see. You know, East lost to Southwest and Southeast. That's their two losses. The two kind of mm-hmm. you know class up sort of uh, better teams that they've played this year and and. Um, they lost those games. A close one to Lincoln Southwest, but they lost. Um, shut out, actually. So, um, Millard West defense, I think, is a little better than Southwest. So, we'll see what happens to the East. But it's a good chance for people that maybe haven't seen Millard West play, go watch him play on a Thursday night if you're not going to Bellevue West and Omaha North. Yep. And a good, good kind of gauge for where Lincoln East is at heading into the playoffs. Because right now, they'd be in, and mm-hmm. it would take a lot for them to drop out. Right. Um, our next matchup, Lincoln Southwest 4-3, and three, hosting Grand Island 6-1, and one, and another good test for both teams. Yeah, uh, Southwest, This for some reason this game seems to be close a lot. Um, Grand Island coming back off of losing their first game to, to Millard West, and they both teams passed the ball a ton. That Millard West-Grand Island game, if you look at the stat, obviously I wasn't there, but if you look at the just run down or, or stats from the game. Uh, they each pass the ball really well. So uh, we'll see if Southwest can keep up uh, with Grand Island and their offense. I like Grand Island's offense. I think it's good. Um, and Brock Douglas is a great player, and they have other guys that we talked about a mm-hmm. lot, and uh, Frankel and, and different guys. But I, this is probably a tougher test for Southwest, I think. It is a home game, but um, – that I think Grand Island's probably just a little bit better and, and likely yeah. to get the win. And they're used to the long road trips. Right, they're, that doesn't bother them at all. Right. Our last game here, and I know it seems funny to have a game to watch that features two losing teams, but this one has playoff implications. Yeah, huge. Uh, Papio, yeah, Papio and Elkhorn High. Both teams um, are three and four. Right. Papillion La Vista is the home team hosting the Antlers. What do you got for this? Both one? right there on the cusp, right, of making the playoffs or could potentially. Um, playing losing last week to, to Miller North really kind of hurt because the winner of that put themselves squarely kind of in. Um, so we'll see. I mean, one of, whoever wins this and then we'll see next week in the last week of the regular season if they can, you know, back it up with two wins in a row. And if they do, likely ha- could get in. And, and right now, Papio is – um, kind of has the nod in wildcard points over Elkhorn. Mm-hmm. All right, we have one game in Class B. Number three, Waverly, 6-1 and one, against Plattsmouth, 3-4. and four. 
Playoff implications for Plattsmith. How does Waverly respond to the first loss against Scott? Yeah, I mean, Waverly, just keep running the ball and you'll be fine. Um, that's just what they do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, they're, they're pretty good. And, and it took two overtimes and four touchdowns from Tyson Gordon to beat um, to, to beat Waverly. I, I think Waverly is really good. And I don't know if Plattsmith will, will be able to, to hang with them very long. Yeah. All right. And real quick here, I want to do a quick couple-minute segment on undefeated team watch with two weeks left in regular season, 26 total in Class A, B, C1, C2, and eight-man. So in A, we have Millard West and Bellevue West. B, we have Scott's Bluff and Scott. C1, Adams Central, Wahoo, Pierce, Ashland Greenwood. Ashland Greenwood's a team that, like, is neat. Like, no one's really talking about yeah. them. I think they're pretty good. Their schedule's been a little light, but I think they're pretty good. They're flying under the radar, right. and they're high in those wildcard point right. standings. Right. Uh, and C2, Oakland Craig, St. Paul, and BRLD. Now, here's the thing. Oakland Craig uh, just beat Fremont Bergen last week handily. You were there. Uh, that was yeah, a handily. beat down. And uh, Fremont Bergen now plays BRLD this week. Uh so we'll see, you know, if you want to do the whole uh, transitive property of this mm-hmm. team beat this team by whatever. But Oakland Craig and BRLD, this has been a week nine kind of clash everyone's pointed to. They play each other, same district and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lions in week nine next week. Uh, that's a game that everyone <laughs> has been pointing to up that way. Um, and both teams could be, should be, maybe undefeated by then. Yeah. Um, that's a that's an awfully big game. And would you say there'll be no state. love lost in that one? Uh, pro- I don't know if it's that bad. Yeah. Eight man one: Howells Dodge, BDS, Elm Creek, Dundee County, Stratton, Wisner Pilger, Cambridge, and Sutherland. And then in eight man two: Falls City, Sacred Heart, Plainview, Humphrey, St. Francis, Central Valley, CWCE, Bloomfield, Garden County, and Sandhills, Thedford. Right. Um, in eight man two, you have Sacred Heart and and St. Francis likely will play each other in a in a sem- before they even get to mm-hmm. uh, the state tournament or to the state final in Lincoln because of the East West thing and and that's too bad because I think those two are probably the two best teams in the yeah. state. All right, and stay tuned for next week. We'll have Stu Pospisil on to help us preview Week Nine, mm-hmm. take a closer look at what we're expecting in the high school football playoffs kind of give a wild card point standing update but let's go to our prospect watch because we had a couple big pieces of news and let's start with the more recent one grant taggy walking on for nebraska football. yeah it's a steal as a walk-on in my opinion i like grant a ton he has over 100 tackles already in three and six games Mm -hmm. seven games um he can play multiple positions he's going to come in to uh talk to grant today he's going to come in uh, to Lincoln or to Nebraska as a linebacker outside or inside, they don't know yet. Um, he, I mean, he's he turned down Northern Illinois full or full scholarship offer in South Dakota State, so he left money on the table to walk yep. on in Nebraska and a lot of money. I mean, that's we're talking a full scholarship um, to Northern Illinois. That's you know yeah. FBS yeah. school. Obviously, Nebraska played them this year, so um, that's a that's a pretty big get. Like yeah. it's uh, it's in that. Luke Reimer kind of-esque of the 2019 recruiting cycle. Yep. Um, to, and we've seen Reimer like already that. having an impact. He's, yeah. He burned his red shirt playing special teams. Right. And the, so the coaches won him on the field 
Right. So Taggy is yeah, a good Yeah, he's athlete. a similar – yeah, and hard hitter can come down and pop you. I, I, there's a lot to like there about him. Definitely. And the other one over this weekend, Hunter Salas, you reported this, and we had a long feature on it. He's at the USA Basketball Camp. Yeah, so he was at uh, – he was one of 84 uh, players that were invited from the 2020 through the 2022 class um, that were invited to Colorado Springs this weekend. Uh, he is the uh, first uh, boy from Nebraska that has ever uh, participated in the event. Jessica Shepard was Jess also Shepherd there. Was, was Jess Shepard, when she was in high school at Fremont, she went and participated too. But Hunter... Um, I guess he, he played pretty well. He got some positive feedback and all that and um, really enjoyed his time. Um, got to meet, obviously, and play with some of the top players in the country um, and just kind of solidifies him. He's a top 50 recruit basically on everybody's board and solidifies him as that level of guy. Um, mm -hmm. Basically what this mini camp is is they take these players and then they bring them back for another kind of training camp kind of in the spring-summer and um, then that that's who kind of makes your under-17 team or under-16 team or whatever for the USA basketball team. So they take mm -hmm. 12 yeah. um, per team. So that's, you know, so he's in this, that mix, I guess, at least. Does this mean he could potentially be playing games for that team? Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, he could maybe if he makes it, you know, if they think he's good enough and can make it to the next next step in the process. And there's steps uh, uh, mm -hmm. in the process. You go from from this mini camp and then they invite you to maybe a training camp thing and then they cut you down from I think it was like 24 to 18 to 16 to 12 or something like that so right. um, that's kind of the process all right well that's all we have for today we want to thank our sponsor again MD West One Nebraska's most advanced sports medicine orthopedics neurosurgery and spine care covering greater Omaha for over 70 years mdwestone.com Thanks for listening. Check us out wherever you find your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Have a great day.